and welcome to The Executive Appeal, a show that convenes the world's most powerful and successful leaders to share mentoring and career advancement advice to help you successfully transition into senior level executive positions. I'm your host, Alex Trimble, award-winning speaker, author, and leadership expert with over a decade of experience coaching and advising some of our nation's most senior level government leaders. So if you're ready to reach your goals, let's get started. Hello, everyone. My name is Alex Trimble, and this is the Executive Bill Podcast. As you know, this show, along with everything we do in our speaking, coaching, consulting, everything is laser-focused on helping organizations prepare high-performing leaders from all backgrounds to successfully transition to and excel in VP and other senior executive-level positions. And if you and your organization are focused and serious about developing a highly diverse and highly effective leadership team, then one, you're in the right place. And two, we encourage you to reach out to us at gpsleadership.org or reach out, to, reach out to us at team at gpsleadership.org so we can find out and we can partner together like how can we best help you reach your leadership and culture elevation goals. Second, the Executive Pill podcast, I, again, every time I get to this point, I just get excited. <laughs> you want to restart? It, no, no, I'm just excited. The Executive Pill is now one of the top 5% most wow. popular shows in the world. Yeah, booyah. Yeah, booyah. <laughs> and this didn't happen by accident. It was because of you. All of you who listened, who, who subscribed, who consistently engaged with our, our community and our content. So our future success is also dependent on you. So please, if you enjoy this content, do us a favor. Please click that like, subscribe, comment, share your thoughts. We'd love to hear from you and engage with you. And always at least share this with two of your friends. And finally, I do have to say I'm super excited to announce that my most recent book, Relationships That Work, Four Simple Steps for Building Intentional Connections in Business and in Life is now available on Amazon.com. I'm sure we'll talk about this, but if you want to navigate and build intentional relationships with those around you, whether it be your customers, your, your colleagues, your, your senior leaders, this is the book that you need to have in your life, Relationships That Work. So without any further ado, can I say today? is a good day. See, today we have the amazing Miss Dominique Taylor with us. See, Dominique currently serves as the Chief People Officer at VHO, where she is laser-focused on building and scaling people function by creating exceptional experiences for all employees. Prior to joining, um, she, again, this woman is just amazing. Dominique served as the Chief People Officer at Axios, where she built their people function from the ground up and spearheaded their diversity and inclusion efforts. Notably, during her tenure, the percentage of people of color at Axios increased from 14%, yes, one four, to um, 40, 40%, which is simply amazing. And that not only speaks of the, the female uh, representation that rose from 53% to 60%. Again, the woman is amazing. Again, I'm, I'm going to just let me just get this off my chest. Okay. Prior to Axios, <laughs> Dominique was the managing director for talent and operations at 1776 and the senior vice president for talent and culture at EverFi. This woman is absolutely amazing. How are you doing today, madam? I mean, after that introduction, I'm doing great. That's, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I mean, look, with, with bios like yours and experience like yours, you make my job easy. I appreciate that. I, I do have to say for everyone, again, we had a whole conversation about this before we started, we clicked roll. Um, you have phenomenal hair. I love <laughs> your blue hair. And <laughs> it's like still here. So if you're listening, thank you for listening. If you're watching on YouTube, go to YouTube. You can see it because 
you are rocking that. And I think I'm gonna try to dye my my goatee blue or something. Maybe maybe there I you rock go. It. Yeah, splash of color. <laughs> I it uh, it just it, it brings some joy to my life. I feel like. Well, can can I ask you? Can I ask you? You said it brings joy to your life, and again, I I, I assumed that you've been rocking the the the, the, the color for a long time. Um, however, you know, just in conversation, you share that this is relatively new to you. I, I'd like to ask you, like, how did you go about making that change? Again, you are a chief people officer. You are a C-suite executive. Didn't you feel a little nervous that maybe you weren't going to be taken seriously um, and more, that maybe even holds up opportunities for you? I, I know our listeners would like to hear this. Yeah, that's a, it's a great point. And I think if I reflect on just thinking about some of the achievements that I've been able to notch during my career, it all comes down to the people you work with, especially the leaders and the founders and whether they support your work. And oftentimes people ask me, you know, what were the, what is the special sauce? What are the, um, the programs that you put in place? And, and I can detail those out, um, but without support um, and buy-in from the folks, the leaders that you work with, it just, it doesn't work. Um, and so even when I did this, this was a pandemic boredom moment when my kids and I were at the grocery <laughs> store and spotted uh, die. And we were like, oh, oh, that looks like a new activity for us to, to do. We feel like we found the end of the internet in, in family activities. Let's try this one. Um, and I didn't even think twice about whether it would impact um, how I was perceived in my role at the time, because I had full confidence that I had the, the support from my boss, from the founders, from the leadership team. And I think it was a great way for me to sort of demonstrate how you can be your full self in different ways um, and just show sort of my my representation there. Can, can I ask you, can we dive into that just a little bit more? And is there is there anything that, again, maybe the answer is no, but is there anything that you think that you did to to prepare yourself to to build up your brand to your reputation so that when you did do this, people, people were like, did he flinch, right? Because like, I think some yeah. people would like do something crazy and they maybe haven't spent the time building something. What, yeah. what are your thoughts? I mean, I absolutely do have the luxury of being at a point in my career where I can sort of rest on my laurels a little bit. So, I mean, at that point, I'd been at the, the company that I was at for a couple of years. I built strong relationships. I delivered results. So I felt like I was a proven entity. Uh, and I think that does, you know, I, I have sort of a much more, I have confidence and less, uh, I don't know, the imposter syndrome and the insecurity still wrestle with each other every now and then. Um, but I've also come to a point where I'm like, if you're going to judge me for the color of my hair, like, then it's fine. Like, mm. I, I don't need to be in your space anyway. I I love that. I love it for so many reasons. So so first, I will share that I, I'm with you. Like, I, Early on in my career, I had a job opportunity that was um, it would have been very lucrative very early in my career, and they ultimately told me I can get the job. And it was okay, you know. They they called me actually. I think I, I might have shared this in a different episode. They called me and said, "Hey, Alex, look, you know, they were literally 500 people apply for this job. Wow, and you came down to number three. We wow, hired two people, and I'm like, oh, I'm like, I'm pretty good. Thank you, I appreciate yeah. it." They say, you know, what what we really didn't get in the interview was like basically I made a joke. And they're like, why, why and I was like, oh, it's okay. Yep. Because that's I am I'm that guy. Like I'm always gonna be joking. If 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 I can't have fun during an interview, then it's not the right place for me anyways. Like, but the confidence has to come with that, I assume. Yeah. Yeah. And that's I think 
that's part of it is, uh, especially as you learn to navigate the professional world, trying to figure out like how much of my true self can I be? And then how much of this do I need to manage or monitor or adjust for social you know, norms and, and professional norms? And I think that's actually one of the things I've deeply appreciated about, you know, if I look at some of the silver linings of the pandemic, being able to work from home, I think has given people a lot of comfort because they don't have to monitor themselves as much. And um, that I really appreciate. Uh, you, you bring up, oh my God, man, I had uh, some questions I want to ask, but you keep bringing stuff up and makes me think. You, t- you really briefly talked about not to monitor yourself as much, right? And this morning I was, I was in the, I was in the, I was in yoga and I was thinking about like, just, you know, what does it mean to be black, right? And just, what does it mean to be black? What does it feel like to be black? And the, the, the challenges, the, the anxieties, the things that you'd be concerned about um, that just come along with being black. And then on top of that, I was like, I'm a black male who is larger in statue. So mm-hmm. what are the, the consequences? What's the, what are the anxieties I have to live with, with being that? Because I have been followed. I have been, people um, uh, have called the police because they thought they were scared of me. Like I, I've yeah. had those things happen. And then I thought, okay, so what is the life like of a woman, just simply a, a woman versus the guy. Like what is the concerns that women have to deal with that guys don't even think about, right? And then I said, okay, well, what, what are the concerns of maybe an Asian American or maybe yeah. someone who's an LGBT? Like every one of these groups, and I, I, white men do it, um, white women, like every one of these groups have some level of anxiety they probably yeah. deal with. And I think it behooves us all to go through life understanding that we have no idea what someone else is working through. And so just be kind and be gracious. Yeah. I love that so much. Just your own reflections on that. When I was at Axios, well, I'll take a step back. One of my fundamental beliefs is that diversity starts with inclusion. I think a lot of organizations over anchor on sort of the recruiting pipeline side of it and don't you know, think about what's actually happening here. So once people get in the door, are they having a great experience? And so I launched a program at Axios called Continuing the Conversation in an attempt to help build empathy and understanding of other people's lived experiences. And it was exactly that, starting with, you know, this was right on the, when the George Floyd protests were happening. So helping people understand why people, you know, wanted to protest, why they wanted that outlet and bringing speakers in just to share like, This is what it was like to be a gay black man in the D.C. public school and then to teach and to share that and sort of bring those insights. And it was really fascinating seeing some of the outcomes of that as people learned and just sought to listen and understand. You man. okay. so then you you, then you take the conversation and you take it so many freaking awesome areas. You think of I think of Lizzo. So I'm not sure if people have heard what was going on, but Lizzo had some situation recently. And a comic, so I, I watch a lot of comedy uh, because I'm, I do professional speaking. And mm-hmm. I love how the delivery, the pauses, yeah. like, so I, I, it's almost practicing for me. And so I remember a comic recently and he talked about Lizzo. And he's like, man, he's like, this is why it is not a good idea to be someone who is um, too seen as being super positive. Because if you're seen as being super positive, if you have one chink in your armor, it, yep. it, it all comes down. Like, I think she yep. lost like 50,000 followers within a day when that first came out. Yeah, it's pretty ridiculous. Wow. No, no evidence, no nothing. Just the day it came out, gone, people gone. 
And so he made the joke about how he wants to make sure everyone knows he's kind of a dick. <laughs> so I, I bring that up to ask the question, like, you know, you know, as leaders, you know, do advance in their careers and they do have more and more um, publicity and, 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 and eyes on them, like how intentional should you be is as you're trying to be have these very upstanding values and everything, how important is it for you to make sure everyone also knows you're human, right? I think it's one of the most important things to do is to demonstrate vulnerability. And I think it actually helps establish psychological safety with the folks that, that you're working with. Like none of us are perfect. Um, and one of the most important things that I've learned is like, you should say something. It's actually often worse to say nothing. Um, and one of my favorite books is, um, I might mess up the title a bit, but it is like, what if I say the wrong thing? Yeah. And it's all about like, we say the wrong things, it happens, but we should learn from them and just strive not to repeat that again. Uh, and I think that's important. Like when you make a mistake, owning it, demonstrating accountability, there's so many examples of how not to apologize. <laughs> uh, there's many of those, but I think just being authentic in that is what matters the most because then people will appreciate that. And I think, you know, some people have analyzed uh, Lizzo's apology note and I think there's some good stuff in there and also maybe some insights as well. And I, I will be first, I will be the first one to say, um, I really have not paid attention to. <laughs> I, no, I don't know even apologies or anything. I just thought it was an interesting, yeah. interesting point to make. Um, so. And I, I point to myself where I'm like, I am deeply passionate about DEI work and yet I still make mistakes and microaggressions or even macroaggressions. And I have to own that. And demonstrate that even someone who is deeply passionate about this space and aims to be deeply empathetic and, and uh, sensitive can also, you know, make mistakes. And that's just, that's part of life. Yeah. So otherwise we don't learn. Are you ready to bring your DEI efforts to the next level? Introducing Alex Tremble, a professional speaker who combines expertise and entertainment to create an unforgettable experience for DEI professionals and organizing staff. With a focus on leadership, mentorship, and relationship building, Alex is dedicated to helping organizations attract, develop, and retain diverse and high qualified leaders. From the 12 pillars of an effective mentoring relationship to the seven must-have leadership skills, Alex provides practical advice that can be immediately implemented. Don't miss out on the opportunity to have Alex at your next event. Contact team at alextrimble.com to book the speaker who will take your organization's diversity and inclusion journey to new heights. So I mean, so you again, you and I were having a conversation prior to starting, and and you mentioned um, the importance of like when everyone's focused on one thing, maybe there is something else you should be focused on, or at least sharing some light with another area, right? And so I want to bring up a topic that I had a conversation. I was invited to speak to a group a couple weeks ago, and I shared this. The question was asked, and I had a response. And <laughs> I'm gonna we'll see if I get canceled. Okay. So, <laughs> Wait now. So, so recently, um, there was a big, big issue. Um, I think it was with the, um, I think it was the Navy. I'm pretty sure it was the Navy. They were covering up uh, a number of sexual harassment things and so on and so forth. And it was really, really big. Um, and oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So the question, question that was raised was, you know, hey, 
you know, Alex, like, what do you think needs to happen in regards to um, uh, bringing trust back to the organization? You know, like, because uh, there's a lot of distrust within the organization, within the ranks, all these different people, right? And before I got to weigh in, other people weighed in, and I thought they were really great at responses, really great responses. They, they talked about how, you know, trust takes time, takes effort, it's not going to be easy, and so on and so forth, right? And there's this whole discussion. And I said, okay, look, everyone, I agree. I agree with what you all said. And I want to take this conversation a little a different place, right? If you don't mind. Um, I said, I want everyone to remember that the people who committed these atrocities, these, these bad things, they're no longer there, okay? I want you to remember this. They're no longer there. They're gone. So the people responsible for, for getting, us through, getting them through this situation are innocent, right? And what I said is, I think if you compare this to like a relationship, guy or girl, someone, people get into a relationship and one person is a really, really, really nice guy, really, or really nice person, right? And the other person just came from a really bad relationship, right? Where they feel a little traumatized. They're, they're, they're unsure of themselves. They're, they're protective. They're, they're, they want to make sure they're okay. And so now, unfortunately, now they're, they're putting all that stuff on the new person. Even the new person had done everything wrong. And they're, they're trying their best, but they, they can't get past it. At some point, that new person's going to leave. And so I made the point. I was like, look, yes, as you are going through the process of, of building trust and, and making sure everyone feels heard and so on and so forth, you got to remember these leaders are people too. You have to make sure you're supporting them through this journey as well. You can't just say, oh, well, you're a leader. You're getting some more money. Deal with it. Like, that's not how you engage and keep them because you don't want them leading. So like, what are your, (laughs) I know it could be a little risque, but I'd love to hear your your reaction. Yeah, I I think it's smart to look at the big picture. Um, I think one of the worst things that can happen is when a company gets mired in something that has happened and isn't looking forward. Like we should learn from our mistakes, but look forward and focus on like, okay, do we do we feel confident um, that we've taken all the steps necessary to to address what has happened and that we can move forward now? And I've I've had those moments like small and big actually in my career where I've had to say like I completely appreciate why this still weighs on you, but we can't stay here. Like we've got to move forward. So let's talk about like how we do that. And it's a, it is a fine line or sort of a balance that you've got to yeah, hit where you yeah. make sure people feel like they are being heard, mm-hmm. that you're taking them seriously, and that you're not being dismissive, mm-hmm. but that you're also helping them move forward as yeah. well. I think, that's, I think it's a fair point because especially it is very easy just to, to sort of continue to circle and circle and circle around something and then get stuck there. I, I was coaching a client recently. Um, and that person got accused of harassment, right? And it was crazy because, you know, I have my group of mentors and group of peers I talk to, you know. And so I, I shared it and they were like, yeah, that's like, what level is he? He's an executive? Okay. It's, it's just, that's part of the deal, you know. And everyone I spoke to, to a T, oh said, God. well, if you're an executive, you should, you should assume at some point you're going to be accused of harassment. Oh. And I was just like, how is this? How is this cool? Like, and obviously, no one, no one thought it was cool. Yeah, yeah. But it they was just the reality. They accepted it as yeah. And yeah. like, how do you, like, how do you keep good leaders, especially yeah. nowadays? Again, because a lot of what we do at our organization, GPS Leadership Solutions, is focused on leaders. And you know, how do you? Everyone is getting tired, and and everyone leaders are everyone. Leaders are people yeah. too, and they don't want to have to say, well, just because I'm a leader doesn't mean I should have my my name drug through the mud. Yeah, you know? yeah. I see it in HR a lot too. Like this space is not exactly a, uh, a, a 
an, um, a practice that people like traditionally admire. Um, I think there's a lot of us trying to do good work here and sort of take back. I don't know that HR ever had a good name, but if it did take back the good name, <laughs> of HR. Um, but also in the like right now, there's like this HR exodus to coming off of the pandemic yeah. where HR leaders and HR practitioners had to carry companies on their backs in one of the most like terrifying moments where mm -hmm. there were so many unknowns mm -hmm. um, and it broke a lot of folks I, at a time when now, you know, HR is finally coming to the forefront and I think yeah. being appreciated by companies in terms of what it can do as a strategic partner, it's at this like terrible sort of perfect storm where also everyone is just so burnt out and done um, that you're seeing a lot of great people leave as well. So. I think that's a, an extreme case, but it speaks to why it's so important to make sure that, you know, you're taking care of the people who are taking care of the people. I mean, let me write that down. Make sure you're taking care of the people who are taking care of the people. I look, this is why you, this is why you are who you are. It's why you got blue hair. <laughs> Not everyone can rock blue hair. You got to be on her level. So I, I, we always in this, in this show, I like, always want to get directly to the point of, you know, how do you, how do you navigate your way to that C-suite level position? Mm -hmm. That's what we're focused on. And we, we, we move away. We try to intentionally move away from the hard work because that's an obvious. You got to work hard. So what, it, what is it that differentiates people to get to that, that senior executive level position? Like how did your organization look for and identify those people who are rising to the tops like that? Yeah. I think the, the, the advice that I often give people here is always make sure you're doing your current job mm -hmm. extraordinary well master your craft because I'll have conversations with folks who are like, well, yeah, when do I get promoted? And I'm like, well, we all want to be, well, no, not everyone actually wants to be promoted. Some people are like, <laughs> yeah. I do not want that next job. But like, as you're thinking about aspiring to something else and you should always have something to aspire to, it's really important that you don't lose sight of what's in front of you and demonstrating why you're an exceptional leader, why you're exceptional at what you do, how you're making a difference, making an impact. Um, so that 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 is what I've seen set people apart more than anything else is uh, sort of excelling in their role. Um, and then beyond that, it is sort of the the traditional tropes of like mentors and networking. And I think those two words can sometimes set people's um, teeth on edge. And so I try to say, like, you don't have to go to someone and say, like, will you be my mentor? Please circle yes or no. <laughs> you can just find people that you know, you want to learn from, you know, yeah. get coffee with and build an organic relationship. And similarly with networking, like find fun ways to do it so that it doesn't feel like a job or a task. But I, I will say, I think just standing out as someone exceptional at what they do is what will afford you more and more opportunities is just like my, my standard advice there. You, you know, um, so three things. One, um, <laughs> you're absolutely right about that relationship building. Um, that networking piece again. Why we wrote the book, um, relationships yeah. that work. Two, the the mentor piece. I, I do a lot of trainings, so again, we focus on preparing people for executive level positions, and a, a big part of that is that mentorship and sponsorship. Yeah. So I do a lot of trainings and mentorship. And I tell people like, look, you know, this may be weird, but um, my wife was I, I never asked to be my girlfriend. And I'm not yes, sure that's, exactly. Okay, yeah, okay. <laughs> you don't have to define the relationship. We just started hanging out more and more and more. And then seven years later, we got married. Like <laughs> <laughs> The ultimate Jedi mind trick there. I, I get, gotcha. Or did she get me? I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> and, and then, you, you know, I interviewed um, uh, is, is phenomenal individual, Pete, from he's a yeah, human resource um, 
CHRO, Chief Human Resource Officer um, at uh, within Coke Industries. And the last thing he left our conversation with was, if you want to be exceptional, just get it done. Yeah. And he said, like, don't don't make excuses. Like, he's like leaders at that level have so much on their plate. Yep. If you can just if they can trust you, like, hey, yes. regardless of what's happening, you're going to get it done. Like, they will appreciate you so much. Just get it done. <laughs> mm-hmm. That is so true. Because then you free them up to go do other work. And that's that's the best asset that you can be. So so I, I before we start wrapping, I'd like to ask you, like, so again, like for your, within your world, if you had a, a, a magical wand, you had a magical mm-hmm. wand, and you could do one thing um, programmatically or policy-wise within an organization to help prepare high-performing leaders for those executive level positions, what would you do with that super magic one? Oh, that's a great question. Mm. For me, what I have learned is that it is about representation and it is about access. And so any program, the best programs I've built have been programs that do just that. They identify the sort of the high performers and then you can do a rotation through the exec team. Mm-hmm. And what's great about that is that it gives them, it gives the exec team sort of that voice and perspective, which is always meaningful, but it helps them start to build those relationships that they otherwise might not have. And it's like, I'm here for this book, right? Um, <laughs> you just keep laying them up and I'll, I'll knock them out. Um, but it, but I, I, there was, I remember the first, uh, or one hypo program that I built, the first two folks that went through it the, the sort of access that they were able to get, the network and relationships they were able to build, two and a half years later, they were promoted to execs. Now they were yeah. up and coming stars, you know, but I definitely think that accelerated it because they were able to build those relationships, be seen in their work mm-hmm. um, and see themselves there as well. And I just want to say one thing, um, in addition to your background, you talked about how just how important it is, because this is in addition to what you just shared, you talked about just how important it is to apply. Yes. Um, like, I, I, please, no, you talk about that. <laughs> so, I, well, I, I think of apply in two ways. So one is what you mentioned before, like, just get, get shit done. Like, the best thing you can do is, is do that and do it well, because then you do, you're seen as someone who is reliable. And like, that is probably one of the, the strongest assets someone can have. Um, but the apply is the other sort of that every as a recruiter, that's sort of how I came up through HR. I see all the applications come in. I see the people who are applying. And I would just say, like, never hesitate to apply. If there's, And I remember the first one of my life-changing jobs that I got, I almost didn't apply to because of the 10 bullets that were requested. I was like, oh, I only have eight of them. I guess I'm not qualified. No, I know writing job descriptions, you sort of order those in, in sort of needs versus wants. And, um, and I think about that frequently and often when I then see like, you know, some white men who will apply for CFO and they're currently an intern in a finance program. And I'm like, <laughs> what? Whereas like very qualified, like women and people of color are just like, oh, I'm probably just not qualified. And it's, you're taking yourself out before the race has even begun. So that, that is always sort of the, the piece of advice that I, I encourage people to, to take with them. You know, I, I, um, I could not echo that more. And I was telling someone, actually I talk, get to talk about this as well uh, in the book, but um, here's the reality is that a lot of people don't actually network because they believe it's sleazy, uh, yeah. slimy, yeah. right? And so let, let's just go along with that, that, that mindset. Okay, if you believe that networking is sleazy and slimy, um, 
but then you also believe that people who get into those relations, those, those roles did it from networking. Then basically what you're saying is that by me not networking, I'm allowing them to get into those roles. The people who oh, I believe. Really, really good insight. <laughs> so what do you want to do? If, if you want good players in the game, then you got to put yourself out there. Otherwise, I mean, it's your part. I'm going to be, I'm gonna be real for a second. You're part of the problem. Right. If you're yes. a great, phenomenal, moral, enthusiastic, inclusive, I'm gonna keep going with the words yep. person, then please don't take yourself out the game because who are you leaving the spots to be taken by? Yeah. And that's I, I think that's a really, really important point. Like I think people equate networking with like transactional. And it doesn't like it doesn't have to be thought of that way. I think it's more about like, how can you meet interesting people? Like that's, that's how I think of it now. It's like, wow, that's a really cool person. Like, I don't think of it as like, I'm going to use them to get a job at that. It's just mm-hmm. what a cool, interesting person. And I think yeah. approaching it from that way, where it's just like, it's great to meet other folks outside of your world. And that that's what matters. You know, and I meant uh, last thing I'll say, I'm going to open the floor for you is that I, I still remember I was, so back when I worked at the department of the interior, I oversaw exec ed and I was in the locker room, one of the execs, and he was, you know, putting on his, um, his gear to ride a bike. Actually, sorry, rewind this story. I was at, um, I was at Barnes and Noble with my wife and we're in line and there's this guy who has the, 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 with the bike riding gear on the mm-hmm. super, super tight clothes and yeah, like, all the spandex, geez, all the spandex, all that good stuff. And I just start talking to the guy. I'm like, Hey man, like, you know, why, why do bikers have that backpack that looks kind of weird? He's like, oh, because of, you know, ergonomically and because it keeps the water from getting out if you're riding in the rain and you're oh. listening to all these things out. I'm like, oh, had known that. And then I was like, what about your shoes? Like, are those really helpful? And he's like, oh, yeah, these, these, they click into your, the, the pedals. Pedals, yeah. And so it works really well. But he's like, well, you know, it's funny is that every person, just about every person who, who starts off, you know, getting those new shoes, they fall. Yep. Why? Because because they're riding, they get to a place to stop and, and they, they forgot to unlift. Yep. Been <laughs> so, there. So, awesome. So <laughs> you know where I'm going with this. Um, I was uh, I saw the guy, the executive in the, in the locker room getting dressed, and he's putting on these you know spandex and everything. I'm like, oh my god, like, oh you you're 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 a cyclist. He's like, oh yeah. It's like, isn't that funny? You know that people you know um, forget to unlock their. And he's like, oh my god, you're so right. And we just started talking. Yep. And that's how our relationship built out. It's just because. I spoke to someone, found a very interesting fact that, you know, a year or two later, I was able to use like meeting people, I think is always a net positive. Yeah. And I think not being afraid of engaging in conversation with execs or leaders or Mm. others, um, most, most are very open and accessible and eager to help. There's probably a small amount that will brush you off, but for that 1%, there's like 99% who are mm-hmm. very eager to also build relationships and sort of like give it back a bit. Absolutely. Look, ma'am, I, 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 I know that you have to jump off. Um, you have to jump on a phone call with Bezos, I believe. Um, so, <laughs> oh. <laughs> is there anything you'd like to share before we wrap up? Yeah, I think, you know, as I reflect on sort of my career and how I got here, there's a, there's a great, beautiful story and that I can share about how this everything sort of it was a domino that fell the way I wanted it but really like it was a series of luck and opportunity and and just willingness to be open to things and so my sort of parting thoughts would be don't necessarily tie yourself to a career ladder Um, maybe think about your career as more of like a jungle gym 
and one that you can enjoy. Um, but it doesn't have to have a like a very distinct trajectory. And I think that's something that can um, can haunt people that they feel like they're supposed to be going up this way. Uh, mine has definitely been a little more like this, even though I can paint it like this if if I have to. It's almost like a uh, what are they called? I'm trying to I'm trying to sound smart for a second. A, sca- a scatter plot Scaffolding or scatter plot, like where you have like a, yes, a, a, yes, a, yes, 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 yes. And then okay. you start to see sort of the picture emerge as, as you try out different things. And I, I mean, I also say that like, I basically spent my entire career like crossing things off that I didn't want to do. And like, that's how I've landed where I am. I never would have guessed, you know, in high school or college that I'd be in HR, but it's such a perfect match for, for what I love to do and, and what I'm good at. I, I love it. And I love that you make the point that, you know, again, what's that, what's that uh, everything's like 2020 in hindsight, like, yeah, it probably, you know, looking back, it probably makes sense. Like, oh, yes. I can see how, I, how this happened. But moving forward, you're like, uh, just, let me just do a good job. <laughs> that was, it was like, put your head down, do good work, hope that that bears out, and then be open to new and different things. You know, I thought I'd be a lifer at one company, and then I sort of, you know, left and thought I'd go back, and I didn't. So that's, I think that's an important for people to realize. Man. Dominique, oh, you're so awesome. Thank you. <laughs> we're going to have to find, um, we're going to have to go on a, a, a dye date together. Like, yes. we'll, we'll link up and get our hair dyed and just like live our I best have lives. just the spot. <laughs> <laughs> what, we're not going to do it ourselves in, 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 the, in the sink at home? I, I will. If I show pictures of what happened to my children, I think you will um, <laughs> agree that we should sign up for professional help. <laughs> Look, you are wonderful. Thank you so much for being with us today. I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed myself. Everyone, you know where we're going with this. Um, if you found anything of value today, don't keep it to yourself. Don't say that person over there should have should have been here or they 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 would have benefited, but darn, they're just not here. Don't, don't, don't be that guy. Don't be that gal. If you found something of value, don't just look back, reach back, bring them to the table. And even more importantly, bring this to them. Make sure you're sharing these content, the learnings, the the resources, the stories, the experiences that were shared today. Don't keep it to yourself. Make sure you're sharing with a colleague, a friend, a family member, someone who needs to hear this. Because if it meant something for you, I promise you, it'll mean something for someone else. I do have to say, like, I just, I love being in these spaces. I love talking to leaders such as Dominique. And please, I hope to have you back on at some point. um, And we'll talk about some even more fun, cool stuff. Happy to do it. Hey, look, as everyone always know, we end these shows. Encourage you to stay strong, stay positive, and definitely stay moving. See ya. Thanks for listening to The Executive Appeal with Alex Trumbull. I invite you to follow The Executive Appeal wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow me, your host, Alex Trumbull, across all socials or via email for exclusive webinars, courses, and speaking engagements on continued topics of executive leadership. So until next time, stay strong, stay positive, and definitely stay moving.